right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are here with episode number 18 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. And the boys are pretty fired up because we are wrapping up draft season. And by the time this pod drops on Wednesday, we are under 24 hours away from the football season finally being back. I mean, I got a pretty good little uh, dose of some NCAA football and, and be able to watch a little bit of actual live full go football, which was an absolute treat. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw those. Uh, you guys see any of those intros? Like the full stadiums, like that, okay, that Virginia Tech one when they came into Metallica was electric. Yeah, like, that was Tech, unbelievable. They come out every week with that. And uh, definitely not a hokey fan, but that gives you goosebumps for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet on UNC too, so it sucked. Watch it. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I changed my bet here before opening kickoff because I had goosebumps immediate. Like, that was unbelievable. Um, okay, we'll throw it to Zach here. We just heard him pipe in a little bit there. Zach, what's been keeping you busy here, I guess, with the first week of uh, school and football and everything? That's exactly it. Just been busy uh, getting the classroom all figured out, meeting the new students, learning a little bit about them, and Football practice is back, so that's been a nice, uh, nice treat. After, for me, it's been uh, two full seasons away from football, so I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. And Armin, how about yourself? I know you've been back in the classroom and football as well, too. So, what else can you tell everybody? Yeah, it's been really busy. Uh, football, trying to install a new offense this year. It's been uh, interesting to go at it the first few days here, slow and steady, with not many of the guys really knowing the terminology of this new offense. So really trying to get a good base before we go off running here. And you know that because you're coaching the QBs, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, did some uh, painting this weekend. We painted one of the bedrooms in our house and it took up the whole weekend. We're still not quite done yet doing a little trim stuff yet, but woof. Oh man, I feel your pain. I just finished my basement, did all the paint. Well, I mean, you know, you helped me move a couple of things in the basement <laughs> there, but got the carpet installed, got everything done. So everything's back in there. I'm moving away from the renovation train for a bit, but had a big weekend of golf. Like usually if I can get a round in, in the September long weekend, I'm pretty happy. Cause that'll be for sure. My last round of the year uh, with football and work and hockey coming back around, et cetera. So uh, I had the player cup this weekend. It was a two round one day a player cup in PA. We, uh, we won our flights. So that was huge news that me and my partner won that one. So that was pretty sweet to do that. And then Mom and dad came down for the next day. We went golfing again, golfing again. And then me and my buddy decided to go for a round of golf this uh, early afternoon today too. So I got four rounds of golfing in approximately 48 hours. So it was a, it was a busy, busy stretch there, but it was nice to finally, finally get a handful of rounds in and now we'll put those away. Cause now it's hockey season refing tomorrow. And then football season, obviously we're, we're full going out too, like Armin and Zach had mentioned. So not only, uh, not only like, NCAA football and like NFL football fantasy coming around the corner, obviously that's with high school stuff too. So it's busy time of year for us. So a um, couple of comments here before we get started, it's draft season, everybody, hopefully all your draft week, like this is the, probably the busiest weekend of the year uh, is the Labor Day weekend right before we get the season going. So most likely a lot of you had your drafts this past season. So hopefully everything went well, had lots of people DM us pictures of their teams and stuff like that. And, trade questions already we haven't even had week one yet and there's teams <laughs> trying to fire some trade offers out there so we love to see that but uh so we're fired up here I know Zach and I have uh, our final draft of the year this evening I think Armin you have one as well too is that correct yeah well and then I have two more tomorrow so I have oh, three so you're, left. <laughs> you're really pushing her to the last bit there hey yeah I, I got the, you got the staff draft on Tuesday too that's right yeah and then right at the same time I have uh U of S kinesiology alumni draft. So uh, two at the same time. Yeah. Right at the same time. So we'll see if I can keep both straight and not uh, accidentally draft like all running backs for like 10 rounds. <laughs> there you go. Fingers crossed. Uh, one last thing before we get going here, folks, it's been out there for a handful of days. Now the DJ Moore Jersey giveaway. Uh, we've got a huge, huge amount of people that have, uh, have put their names into the, uh, the draw it's our NFL season kickoff fantasy football, whatever you want to call it, it is our big giveaway to welcome everybody, everybody back into the NFL season. Um, so a signed DJ Moore jersey will be raffled off on Thursday right before the opening kickoff. So um, stay tuned for that. If you haven't done so already, get your name in there. 
Uh, we'll be taking names until approximately one o'clock on that Thursday, just so we can have everything all prepared. So the deadline for that, we which we will put on our socials as well, is one o'clock to get your name entered on Thursday for the signed DJ Moore jersey. So those of you that got your names entered, good luck. Uh, fingers crossed for you guys. It's a pretty sweet little giveaway to start the season, and and hopefully uh, as we give. I have a little bit of luck with the jersey and then obviously good luck with the Thursday nighter as we get uh, the football season and fantasy season started as well too. So um, yes, this will be our first episode here with our new schedule, our new uh, segments and everything like that. So insiders and headliners is going to be the same, but we're going to go over a little bit of what everything looks like as we're going through it, just so what you guys as the listeners can expect throughout the fantasy season here. So we'll start off insiders and headliners. Uh, a bit of a drier one, I guess, in comparison to the past episode there. But uh, Jamison Crowder uh, will be out with COVID. That was a, um, I guess, a bench-worthy or streaming option last season, quite a bit for the Jets. So, um, so the Jets are down without Jamison Crowder for some time. Evan Ingram, uh, tight end of the New York Jets, his week one is in jeopardy right now, battling with an injury. Uh, so, I mean, lots of times he might have been one of the later tight ends drafted if you were kind of late waiting for the position in your draft so if obviously that is your tight end you might be looking for other options especially entering the week one here as we start the season uh Royce Freeman was cut by Denver and then picked up by Carolina but there was like a handful of teams that put a waiver priority in for him so pretty interesting this one kind of actually goes in hand in hand because the Ravens put a um put a waiver claim in for him and now, oh boy, are they kicking kicking tires that they wish they would have got him because uh, news broke out earlier today that Justice Hill, one of their backup running backs, seemingly would have had a pretty significant workload uh, going into the season here. Torres uh, Achilles this morning. So now the, uh, the running back room in, uh, in Baltimore is even more thin and they are in trouble. So uh, I mean, do you guys, what do you guys figure? Do you guys think they're going to end up trying to sign one of those uh, old veterans here? Or do you think they're going to try and trade or what do you guys think is going to happen there in Baltimore? Yeah, I saw they had uh, Bell in, they had Freeman in. And if I'm not mistaken, they had another uh, kind of one of those veteran guys come in today for, for a tryout. But I don't think we can count on any of those guys being signed. I think this is just uh, full steam ahead for the Gus bus. Uh, at this point in time, anybody they pick up off the waiver wire or trade market, uh, it's just going to be insurance for Gus. So yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I, I think uh, this makes uh, Tyson Williams more valuable um, because I, I was saying it last week, and he had a really good preseason. You watch him in his blocking; they love how well he blocks the blocks for the ball carrier. And with Lamar Jackson running as much as he is, that could get him on the field quite a bit. So um, I'd look at Tyson Williams if he's on the waiver wire there for, for anyone who's in uh, some deeper leagues. Yeah, definitely worth a look. We mentioned it. Well, I should say we Armin definitely took the uh, took the reins on that one, mentioning it. And if he slept through the cracks and you guys haven't picked him up yet, he's definitely worth a pickup and stash because uh, we'll mention it here now, I guess. But uh, week one, that's when a lot of guys, you can see them boom and people want to waste their waiver money or spend their waiver money right away. A good way to break into that beforehand is uh, by picking up those potential guys and stashing them before week one, boom, because then and then you're saving a big chunk of your, your, your fab or your waiver priority or whatever it is that your league does. So that's, a, that's definitely a name that you might want to be throwing on your bench before week one, because you might be coming a household name pretty quick. So so that's some good advice there from Armand. Then our last piece of news here, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, this was, without a surprise, uh, is going to be the starter for week one. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be sitting on the bench. So this makes things a little bit more interesting, I think, in, in the uh, entrance for Trevor Lawrence week one of the NFL playing against Tyrod Taylor, not so much Deshaun Watson. But I think this is a, a generic downtick, obviously, for an entire, entire team that maybe – you weren't really targeting any of their fantasy options all that much to begin with, but obviously some of them like Brandon cooks, maybe was a little more desirable with a, uh, with a Deshaun Watson opposed to a Tyrod Taylor, but uh, that Tyrod will be the week one starter and hopefully doesn't have to get any shots after the uh, week one game. And yeah. he can stick around as the starter for a little bit longer. Yeah, stay uh, away from the medical team. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's so still so hard to believe that actually happened. What a nightmare. 
but hey, that's uh, that's life, I guess. That's hey, it gave us a nice uh, rookie breakout season in Justin Herbert. So, unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor had to bite the bullet for that one for everybody else's <laughs> fantasy teams. But, um, all right, so I guess that'll do it for insiders and headliners. Pretty short and sweet this week, but um, it gives us lots of time to get into it. Now, usually we would do a week recap of what happened last week in fantasy. Obviously, nothing's happened yet. Uh, so next week's episode, we'll have the recap of week one. Players that boomed, players that busted, maybe guys to watch out for, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you can keep it, keep that in mind coming up for the next episode. Uh, but before we get started here on what we call the Canadian player profile, uh, which we will get to shortly here, uh, big news for the guys on the podcast here. We have locked down a significant major sponsor for the 2021-2022 NFL season. Uh, so we're excited to partner up with Limitless Gear as a major sponsor of the podcast. Limitless Gear is located out of Prince Albert with great selection of gear, hoodies, shirts, hats. They got it all. Uh, a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. Back to school shopping is upon us. So make your next stop Limitless Gear. Check them out in Prince Albert or online at uh, limitlessgear.com. So boys, they uh, deliver Jordan. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I'll, they're also. He mentioned to me that they are also in a handful of other stores, and they're looking to expand to bigger markets too. So those of you that are listening in Saskatoon, those of you listening to Regina, I will double check with that and find out exactly what other stores that they are located in province wide. Uh, but they uh, all they have a great selection. Check out their website. I know all of us guys, we got ourselves a nice little hoodie. So we'll be rocking those maybe in the next couple episodes here. So uh, very oh, happy yeah. to be partnered up with Limitless Gear, how to Prince Albert. So uh, very, very thankful for that. And the boys will be definitely supporting some Limitless Gear throughout the season. So, um, so Canadian player profile. This is going to be a fun one. Every week, we are going to pick a Canadian player in the NFL, either offense, defensive, doesn't really matter. We can, we're going to combine it into a, a little bit of a, a over under question and we're going to keep tally of this one from the fellas throughout the weeks and we're going to see uh, kind of who does the best by combining the Canadian player profile buys and then also with our starts of the week we're going to have a little bit of a competition between the fellas here so um, pretty easy one to start I guess you shouldn't say easy as in the question maybe but easy that it was an easy pick sophomore Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Chase uh, Claypool was born on July 7th, 1998 in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Uh, he is currently six foot four and 238 pounds. So he is a big boy, a big receiver, uh, potential sophomore breakout here at a fantastic rookie season after he uh, finished his college playing in Notre Dame. Uh, he was drafted in the second round, pick 49, like I mentioned to the Steelers, where he had that significant rookie season. Um, so we are currently looking at a potential sophomore breakout, and we're going to try and guess whether we think that is going to happen in week one. So week one, they are matched up against Buffalo in Buffalo. Uh, so a bit of a tough, uh, tough opening schedule for Pittsburgh. Uh, so the question for the guys today for our Canadian player profile of Chase Claypool is, are you buying or are you selling that Chase Claypool will score Ten and a half points in half point PPR formats. So uh, we'll go to uh, Armin first. We'll see what he figures. We'll go to Zach and then myself, and we're gonna keep track of these uh, to add to the the rolling total. So buying or selling Armin of ten and a half fantasy points for Chase Claypool this upcoming week one. Yeah, I'm gonna buy Chase Claypool there. Um, I like his chances. Uh, Buffalo is going to come out and they're going to score, right? And then Pittsburgh's going to be needing to air the ball out in order to keep up with Buffalo. Um, probably not the way Steelers want to play their games this season, but uh, this game just, it's against one of the best offenses. So they're, they're going to end up being in passing situations and we'll, we'll see Clay, Chase Claypool involved quite a bit. I think he, in my mind, he is the most talented receiver out of that group. Um, maybe not necessarily the target uh, volume guy like Deontay Johnson, but if uh, Steelers are forced to play from behind, you're going to see them press the field a little bit more, which is where Claypool really shines. So I'm buying. Right on. Uh, Zach? Yeah, this one's interesting. Um, ten and a half uh, 
half point PPR points. Um, if I knew he was going to get a TD, that'd be a slam dunk. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, if you get a TD, that's, you know, that's six points right there. Um, I agree with everything Armin said about uh, most likely having to, to play catch up with Buffalo uh, or at the very least keep up with Buffalo. Um, so I'm also going to buy uh, that he will have more than 10 and a half uh, half point PBR points. I am going to sell and it's, I, uh, I've already put my eggs in the Deontay Johnson basket. Uh, we haven't seen anything yet from big Ben. Uh, obviously uh, his arm is in question and last year they had to transition their team a little bit more to being able to the check down on the quick, the quick throws. So um, I'm going to sell because I think that this is going to be a, obviously a run first offense, which like Armin said, it may be, they don't want to have to throw the ball much more. So I think they're going to still stick to the run as much as possible. And I think this can be very telling. It's reluctant because I think he can do it. Absolutely. Like Zach said, it's one, one touchdown and then three receptions for about 30 yards and he's done it. Right. That's 10, 10 points. Isn't a very tough bar to set, but with a guy like him, the touchdowns are kind of maybe where he's going to get quite a bit of points, especially we looked at week four last year where he got, was it four scores? Um, so he got, a lot of the points came from that direction, not so much the receptions and the yardage like guys like Juju or guys like Deontay Johnson. So um, I'm going to reluctantly, I'm going to reluctantly pass on him because I think if you buy, you're maybe buying into that big Ben is going to make a step forward. And I don't necessarily want to put my eggs in that basket. So I'm, <laughs> I am going to reluctantly sell that he will not reach 10 and a half fantasy points. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of a, uh, a recap of this last this past one uh, on the upcoming episode so we'll see uh see if zach and armin are correct or we'll see if i was correct on that one so we'll have a canadian player that we're gonna give a little bit of shout out to and then a little bit of a dive deep into the, what they have looking into this upcoming week every single episode so stay tuned for that next week we get into our next canadian player profile so that'll get us into our major section of the podcast throughout the week we are going to go through our weekly preview uh, matchups that we really like players that we are going to uh, we're going to be starting uh, so within specific parameters the quarterback position we are going to go through names that we think are streaming quarterback options so if you did not go after a Patrick Mahomes a Josh Allen a Russell Wilson or guys that really costed you maybe those top five rounds um, where maybe you went with the running backs and some and some stronger receivers and then you passed on the quarterback position. Um, these are names that we're going to throw it to you and give you a little bit of a confidence that maybe these are guys that you're going to want to start this week based on matchups. So you don't have the elite quarterbacks. Maybe you're looking to find one and maybe one that can surprise you. That's the names we're going to be sharing with you. We're going to do the same thing with the tight ends, uh, guys that are maybe quite possibly on your waiver wire, uh, guys that were probably went undrafted. And then with the receivers and the running backs, we're looking at guys that maybe were sitting on your bench later around draft picks that uh, we really like their matchups and we think they're going to have a high potential of giving you a, a, a pretty solid fantasy week. So uh, we'll do the starts of the week every single week with a streaming quarterback, a streaming tight end, and then our receiver and running back that we really like this week. So we'll start things off here with Armin with your streaming quarterback of the week. All right. With my QB, I am going homer pick here, and I'm taking Kirk Cousins. But it's not because I'm a homer. It's because I think you could legitimately actually stream him until you have a rookie QB breakout, and then you take that QB and you start starting him, okay? This is the reason why Kirk Cousins is starting with Cincinnati, week one, week two, Arizona, week three, Seattle, who – Typically has a stronger defense, but last year was kind of garbage, right? And then Cleveland, Detroit, Carolina. So really only one defense I'd be worried about there is Cleveland. Otherwise, they should be able to be putting up big numbers and against teams that are also offensive, uh, offensively heavy as well. So it should be kind of shootouts there, which is good for a streaming QB. Um, after that, then he's got his bye and. And you got some good matchups, but hopefully by week six, you see a rookie QB that 
you were waiting for breaking out and he's on your bench or you have one that you can uh, take off the waiver wire. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I hate to see it because I hope that uh, I hope <laughs> the Vikings just lay an egg and that would be uh, just delightful for me. So I'm going to hate your uh, your option there, Armin, just out of spite as a Lions fan. So take that. Yeah, too many weapons there, though, too, for him <laughs> not to put up any points, right? He's yeah. a safe safe floor guy. He's not going to put up, like, 40 points a game, but he's not going to be putting you up goose eggs. Yeah, in, like, a super flex league, if he's your QB, too, I think you're kind of laughing. Yeah. But, uh, like Armin said, he's got a nice little juicy start of season, so we'll see what, uh, we'll see what he can do this upcoming year, old Kirk Cousins. Uh, Zach, your streaming quarterback of the week. Uh, so this is somebody that I've picked up in a couple of leagues. Um, since I had Tannehill as my my QB1, I needed somebody to come off the waiver wire to uh, potentially start this week, and that is uh, Joe Burrow, uh, quarterback for the Bengals, uh, coincidentally playing Armin's Vikings. So we'll see uh, we'll see which QB comes out uh, on top there, Armando. Um, <laughs> So last year, the Vikes had a, a bottom five passing defense. Um, they've retooled slightly this offseason, but we haven't seen them put it all together yet. And they retooled with uh, guys that are probably past their prime. Um, so that defense may take a step forward, but I'm not expecting it to be rock solid for week one against Burrow. Uh, Burrow has himself three uh, pretty, pretty talented wide receivers. Uh, to go to, uh, I know Jamar Chase has had a rough preseason and some guys are down on him in the fantasy community, but still a top, like top 10 uh, NFL draft pick to go along with Higgins and Boyd, who I, uh, I quite like. So I could see a possibility where Burrow returns to his pre-injury form from last year uh, quite quickly this season. I hope so. He's my... Uh... I have him in dynasty. So I hope you're absolutely correct. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you with the town hill situation. Don't know if you can start him kind of thing. You got to be able to find some in the waiver wire. So to put in a little bit of uh, money where my mouth is on some of the leagues, cause I'm picking up the guy that I'm about to talk about here is, uh, and actually Armin and I put our money where our mouth was in our charity league. And we missed out on a couple of our quarterback options. We, we scrapped it. And this is kind of who we decided to go on. I think with like our second last pick or something like that. It might've been. Yeah, it's late. Uh, we are, uh, well, I should say we are, well, obviously we're starting him, but I'm also, <laughs> my start of the week here is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, this one kind of writes itself. It's a, it's a bit of risk. And obviously with him being a rookie is part partially why his draft position is as late as it was. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen him do anything yet. We haven't seen what that team's going to be like. There's a lot of question marks around his team period. Uh, but he, he is playing the Houston Texans and uh, the Houston Texans is going to get, they're going to give Detroit a run for the money for, I think last place. <laughs> and I think maybe Detroit's giving Houston a run for the money, but I think Houston's going to finish dead last in the NFL. Uh, so this is going to be a team where if you're streaming quarterbacks, uh, I would be targeting Houston quite a bit because they are not a great team. They don't have a very good offense. They don't have a very good defense. They're just not very good in general. So when you're looking at a quarterback, that isn't owned, that's in streaming worthy. I think if you, every time you can target the Houston Texans, uh, I'm going to go for it. And the nice thing about this too is he was pretty late, maybe undrafted. You can pick him up. And what happens if he obviously just goes out and lights the world on fire and puts up seven scores or something crazy, and now you have a potential Patrick Mahomes that you got for free. So that's kind of why I like going with Trevor Lawrence. His week two matchup is tough. He has Denver. Um, so this is maybe one where maybe you're just a one week rental then you're dropping them and you're picking somebody else up. It also might be, you're picking them up and you can use them for the rest of the year is a question mark, but I think that's definitely a risk worth taking with a rookie. That's Trevor Lawrence. And the only thing we've seen from him so far in his career has been success. So, uh, I will stream Trevor Lawrence this upcoming, uh, week one schedule here. So. I think the um, only evidence that you uh, you need to see about Lawrence is how bad Clemson looked on uh, on Saturday night. Oh in boy, Georgia. yeah, not great. Okay, speaking of okay, speaking of that game, did you happen to see any of those signs that those guys were making? Oh man, uh, like the fans. Oh, they're so classic. Like that's some of my favorite parts. If you go on, I think I can't remember which Instagram account it was. They put some of their favorite signs. 
of the week. And a bunch of like, I would say most of them are from that game between Georgia and Clemson. Oh my goodness. If you haven't done so, you have to go look at them. They are so funny. It was like, uh, I'm trying to remember names right now, but it doesn't matter. It's like this person leaves their mic on, on zoom calls and stuff like that. Oh man. Like some of them were just, yeah. If, if you haven't done so yet, I highly recommend that they're classic. Um, Armand, you ready to start with your, uh, let's go with receivers first, your streaming receiver of the week. All right. So my streaming receiver of the week is Corey Davis. And I'm hoping that uh, after this first week, you'll be able to just play him every week. Um, he came out again, like uh, you're going to hear a lot from me today. Had a strong camp, right? Uh, looked really good. He had a bit of a breakout last year in Tennessee. And now he's looking to be the wide receiver one in that Jets offense with a Zach Wilson that looks pretty good so far in his NFL uh, preseason career as well. And add in that uh, the number one guy from the Jets last year, Crowder, is is uh, out for a little bit. It gives Corey Davis a little bit more room to to establish himself in this offense. And I would be looking to him to stream this week, and and hopefully uh, this stream just turns into a weekly start every week. He might get hyper targeted just out of necessity. Like Elijah Moore missed the entire preseason. Crowder out. Like, just who else are they going to throw the ball to, you know? Like, just it's out of necessity. They're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. And he also got paid the bag. Like, he got a huge paycheck to come to come to the Jets, so. They got to involve him. And then, also, like, they're playing Carolina, too. Like, Carolina should be better this year than they were last year, but they're not going to be uh, Super Bowl contenders or anything. So, they should be able to put up points against, uh, against the Panthers' defense there. I hope that game's a shootout. <laughs> I would not be opposed. We'll get there in a second of obviously why I'm hoping for that. But uh, before we get to mine, we'll hit Zach up here. Zach, let's hear your uh, receiver start of the week. So this is somebody that I would assume is owned in almost every league, unless you're playing in like a six team uh, league. But uh, Debo Samuel is somebody that you might usually get like a flex start out of. But I think this week against Detroit, he has a very real possibility to be a top two receiver, a top 24 receiver in uh, certainly in, in PPR formats. Uh, last year, Samuel's a dot, his average depth of target was um, obscenely low, meaning that most of his receptions were near or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, not just kind of the game he plays um, last year. Brandon Ayuk's rookie season kind of overshadowed Samuel as he was coming back from an injury in preseason. But with Ayuk coming back from an injury of his own uh, this week, just returning to practice today, actually, um, I it would not surprise me if the 49ers eased Ayuk back against uh, certainly a lesser opponent uh, in the Detroit Lions. Uh, and maybe leaned a little bit heavier on Samuel, especially with uh, Jimmy G at quarterback, somebody that can just check the ball down and isn't looking to press the field down deep. Yeah. I, uh, man, I was choked that you beat me to this one because this is a guy that I was eyeing up. And I drafted him in a lot of leagues in the expectations that you probably only going to get a handful of weeks out of him. He's a guy that injury, but he's healthy. He's ready to go week one. And you couldn't have a juicier week one matchup for a guy that is dangerous with the ball in space. Man, I think Debo Samuel is like your favorite player in the NFL, Jordan. Sometimes. Me? Oh, yeah. I was so high on him coming out of the draft. And obviously he had the injury question marks attached to him. I took him in a couple uh, dynasty rookie drafts and man, it just didn't pan out. But I mean, he was cheap. Like he was cheap in drafts, but you're only going to get him for half the season. So he's a guy, man, he could, if he just stays healthy, he could just light the world on fire him and Mike Williams together. But, but unfortunately that's just the way, <laughs> the way she goes sometimes. But yeah, I think, I think you're right here, Zach. I think he's absolutely going to, there's a, there's a chance where he could be a, a receiver one, like a pretty high chance. When like, yeah, wouldn't like a him. high end and you spent your draft capital was very, very minimal on him. Uh, let's go. Uh, my wide receiver here is a bit of a revenge game here 
and I am going to be targeting this player because it's a double revenge game, and it's against Armin's decision of the Jets. I'm going with Robbie Anderson versus the Jets. So this is Darno's first game as a Carolina Panther playing against the Jets. So I think Darno has something to prove. Uh, he was actually even a candidate for my stream of the week as well too, but uh, I'm going to target the receiver here for this one. Uh, Robbie Anderson was going around like the ninth, 10th rounds, potentially some of some drafts there. Um, so he could be a potential leave on the bench and maybe play a different option. But I think Robbie Anderson is very, very safe in the sense that DJ Moore is going to get the primary, uh, primary coverage. So which means it's going to leave Robbie Anderson open a lot more often than it is going to be DJ Moore. Uh, I think DJ Moore is a better receiver, but Robbie Anderson just got a huge pay increase. He got, he got the bag. He is going to be coming into this one as a quote unquote revenge game against the jets. Darno has something to prove. So I feel like they're going to air the ball out quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> and once again, you got to remember you're playing against Christian McCaffrey. So the jets are going to have to play true to the run. They're going to have to key on McCaffrey. There's only so many weapons that you can cover and that team is full of them. So uh, I think when you have Robbie Anderson, you got in the ninth, 10th, wh wherever in the draft you got him, I think he has a high ceiling this upcoming week. And he is somebody that I'd be definitely looking at uh, throwing into my, my starting lineup. Keep in mind that the Jets defense was not very good last year too. So um, we'll see if they can make the leap this year. Week one, I'm not expecting it. So Robbie Anderson will be in all of my starting lineups that I own him. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, his uh, his on field his on field exploits are almost as uh, entertaining and interesting as his off the field exploits. <laughs> um, he has some pretty interesting one liners that uh, police footage have recorded. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a real dude, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, a man of the people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Uh, running backs, running backs here. Let's hear Armin. Let's go with your start of the week at the running back position. All right, another guy who had a good training camp, decent preseason, sticking with the Jets here again, and yeah, hoping it's a shootout. Ty Johnson from uh, from the Jets backfield here. He's a little bit cheaper than Tevin Coleman, and he, I, I think he has shown the most out of those those ball carriers in in the Jets. So. Um, I'm looking to him to to start out the season strong, running the ball here for the Jets, and hopefully he stays the hot hand. And again, it's against Carolina, not the greatest defense. Like you said, they have a ton of weapons, so maybe a bit of a shootout. But uh, um, Ty Johnson has been running hard. He's been running violent, kind of like Chris Carson that way, right? And he has been been showing that he he can be a, a good running back in in the NFL here. Were you uh, were you talking to a specific St. Mary High School administrator before your starts of the week? Targeting <laughs> the Jets hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I took I like a little. Uh, I took forty dollars under the table for this episode. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just pump up the Jets, make everybody make everybody try and take them uh, take them early. Going for that L. promotion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, I I kind of like this take much the same as what you were talking about earlier with the uh, Raven situation. There, like, it's a question mark. Tevin Coleman, uh, Ty Johnson, uh, rookie from UNC there. It's escaping Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Michael Carter, thank you. Uh, it's a question mark. Michael Carter didn't have a very good camp, so I think it's, if he is going to take the job over, it is going to take some time. Uh, but he's another one where he, he might be on your waiver wire. Scoop him up. If you want to start him, even better. Like You can follow Armin's advice. If you don't have the same, same load of confidence in him, leave him on your bench, but you can get him before the huge fab breakout potentially happens. Cause if he puts up 15 points, 12 points, 10 points that week one, he's a guy that everybody's gonna be targeting off the waiver wire. Right. And same thing can go for Tevin Coleman. It's, it's just a question mark, but I have a little bit more confidence in Ty Johns than I do Tevin Coleman kind of in the same situation you're mentioning there, Armin. So yeah, definitely, definitely worth a pickup. That's for sure. And if you have the confidence like Armin throw him in that starting lineup might surprise you as well too. So. Well, and Tevin Coleman has that injury history too, right? Yeah, exactly. So if he goes down early in the game and they only really trust Ty Johnson, then it's going to be his backfield until the other two prove that they can be trusted. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Zach, your uh, running back start of the week? All right, so 
Uh, very similar to what JC there said about uh, Trevor Lawrence. My running back start is James Robinson. This is somebody that has experienced a roller coaster um, in terms of value over the past several months. Um, so, and Jordan can attest. Um, but right now with uh, Etienne no going down to injury, <laughs> it looks like it is James Robinson's job in Jacksonville as the starting running back as RB1. Um, and this is a guy that I would be starting this week with absolute full confidence um, again, just like Debo Samuel, somebody that should be owned in all formats, but this is somebody that you likely didn't draft with the expectation of being a RB one. Um, but this week, look for him to put up those types of numbers against Houston. Um, especially with Lawrence's first start, I would imagine Jacksonville would lean on Robinson to help ease Lawrence into, um, his first start, uh, especially considering that last year Houston had one of the league's worst rushing defenses. Yeah, I'll just up arrow that. Everything that Zach said, I'll up arrow, <laughs> including the roller coaster, like- including the roller coaster off season. Oh man, did you like? And I'll also throw a little pump my tires. I got him in the Scott Fish in like the late late rounds, so. Kind of, kind of takes over the losing cam makers in the early, early rounds. <laughs> Didn't you lose JK there too? Yeah, no, no, that was in that was in our uh, keeper league. Oh, okay. I didn't have Dobbins in the Scott Fish, but oh boy, I couldn't imagine if I had both crying, <laughs> retiring from this podcast before the fantasy season even started. That game's gonna be hot. Like even and he will also mention he can catch the ball too, like really well. So we've seen where in Clemson where where um where Lawrence really can check it down too he can move like Lawrence can run but he also likes to check the ball down uh, especially to a capable catching receiver it's obviously why they uh, went after and drafted his companion from Clemson right but now that's that ship has sailed unfortunately for the 2021 season uh so he's a guy that can catch the ball too he can get it down the goal line he can catch the ball so he can get it from all aspects of, of the game so I like that one Zach um my my running back start of the week is following an interesting bit of news after Atlanta had uh, dropped uh, Olsen, Al, Al, Olsen, Allison? Um, Olison. Olison, pardon yeah. me. Combine them together. Um, <laughs> Atlanta had dropped him. They, uh, they're moving forward with Mike Davis, full stream ahead, uh, especially for week one. Uh, at that point, they, uh, it's about a necessity, right? So he's going to have the workload. They ended up, um, oh, shoot. They ended up picking up a running back to escape my brain right now. Um, Wayne Gallman. They picked up yeah. Wayne Gallman. So I think Wayne Gallman could eat into Mike Davis a little bit, but it's not happening week one. They just picked him up like less than a week ago. So the chances of Gallman eating into Davis at all in week one, I think is extremely unlikely. Uh, so he's the only guy in town that knows the, the, the playbook. So he's going to get, all reps he's going to get the entire reps from the atlanta falcons not that i think they're a perennial house offense by any means but they are playing the eagles who i uh do not expect to be very good this upcoming season uh so week one when you have a running back that is going to get 100 of the snaps it's just complete volume so good things are going to happen when you have a high percentage of volume look at james robinson last year not a very good offense but he had 100 of the volume good things are going to happen. So Mike Davis looked really good for Carolina last year when CMC went down. Hopefully he has a little bit of that juice and he can help Atlanta out a little bit as well. Also looking at a team that has never been good at throwing the football in the red zone. So hopefully Mike Davis can sniff that red zone out and maybe get a score or two for you and uh, put up a a big week one for, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. So my start of the week will be Mike Davis. I think that's a really good, like, Good pick. I wouldn't expect uh, huge numbers for Mike Davis, but think he might just be used too often in that offense to to not put up like startable numbers. Yeah, there's some some guys like we talked about before. I thought about going with Raheem Mostert as my start of the week. I decided against it, but that's a guy that could get six touches and he can put up 15 points. You know, like he's explosive. Mike Davis, not so much. But when you have volume, it's 
<laughs> you get multiple chances throughout the game to try and chip away some sort of points, right? So uh, just yeah. out of pure necessity, <laughs> I hope he gets a lot of touches. Well, look at uh, Todd Gurley last year in Atlanta, like terrible, but he put up at least RB2, RB or flex option numbers all season long. And well, yeah. it was awful. Well, and look at it. It was because he found the end zone so frequently. A team that struggles to like, look at Julio. Historically, Julio just does not get touchdowns, right? Especially in the red zone. It just doesn't yeah. happen. That's a team that struggles in the red zone. But the girly kept finding the red zone. He kept finding the end line. You'd just fall in and you'd get 12 points. Well, because he got two scores. That's the only, only <laughs> points that came from him. So I'm hoping that Mike Davis can maybe uh, at least do that and then some between the twenties as well too. So. He should be better than Gurley last yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I'm really hoping for it. So <laughs> um, our last streaming position here, uh, tight ends, Armin, let's hear your streaming tight end of the week. All right. This guy, he should be available on your waiver wire. So if you missed out on one of those top tier tight ends and maybe you drafted early and you have Troutman or Irv Smith jr. And you're real in here. Um, go pick up Gerald Everett. Okay. He, uh, he's in Seattle now. So he's out of that, that two headed tight end monster and in, in uh, the Rams where you never knew who to pick each week. And, you know, like people might think like, Oh, Russ doesn't really throw to the tight ends. Well, he does when he has a competent tight end and Everett has proven to be a competent tight end throughout his NFL career here. So I think, uh, you're going to see Russ target the tight end a little bit more this year with Everett there. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, stream Everett. I like it. Even like non-competent tight ends, like Will Disley was like a <laughs> feasible tight end for a long time. Actually, this is a guy that I seriously considered as my stream of the week, but I kind of uh, went a different direction, but I actually really like this one a lot. And this is a guy that you can find, like you said, undrafted. And he could be like legit, like that's what you're hoping when you stream a tight end that you maybe you find a guy that you can hold on to and you got the breakout candidates or whatever. I legit think he has a chance of being a breakout candidate. Like he, you could pick him up waivers, start him, and you could have a feasible tight end for the remainder of the season that you just picked up off waivers. Like I, I firmly believe that that is a, a possibility. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He, he did pretty good with another a tight end in town and like you mentioned and with the rams right like he and he's like extremely athletic extremely athletic so he, he's, he's a guy definitely that, underrated there's a guy that can take the ball to the house pretty quick you don't have to you're not relying on tight on uh, touchdowns sorry you can you can get it just within the receiving game and that's that's hard to find with a tight end so especially a guy that you can pick up off waivers <laughs> zach you're streaming tight end this week so Kind of like what Armin did with the quarterback at the beginning, uh, put on my Homer hat here, and I'm going to go with Janu Smith, uh, tight end for the New England Patriots. They are playing the Miami Dolphins uh, this week. Uh, throughout the training or throughout the preseason and training camp, uh, Janu Smith and Mac Jones didn't have a lot of run together with the first team offense. Uh, between Smith being injured for, I believe, two games and uh, Mac usually coming in with the second team offense. They just never had a chance to play together, at least during the preseason games. Uh, but earlier on in training camp, they, by all reports, they seem to have a lot of chemistry together. Um, so taking that into account, plus the fact that the Pats signed Janu Smith almost instantly on that first day of free agency back in March, I would expect Belichick to have uh, plenty of plays drawn up for Janu Smith, um, possibly hoping to catch Miami off guard in that first week um, as their first opponent. And also with Mac, I would imagine a heavy rushing presence from Damien Harris and the like. So you rush the ball enough, that play action opportunity is right there. And I think that's where Janu Smith will eat uh, running those deep seams from the tight end position. Yeah, it's uh, that's a nice little start of the week. Are you concerned at all about Hunter Henry or do you think they're going to be in a lot of two tight sets? I would imagine they'd run 12 personnel quite a bit with the two tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. You don't pay both of them top five tight end money. 
yeah. to not that's, play them consistently. That's what exactly what I was about to say there. You, and I said this from uh, day dot of the podcast, Jordan. Yeah, you're not wrong. You have both of them. Well, you had both of them, I guess. Created one. Yeah. I, I was him. in a pickle. I had to get rid of one, but I flipped him for Mark Andrews, so I'm not complaining either. Who actually just got the bag? Actually, it happened during the pod. He just got uh, was it a four year extension? If I'm not mistaken. So literally, yeah, as we're recording here, it's Monday nights. We're recording right now. He just got a huge extension. The details I am not uh, aware of at the moment because it literally broke as we were recording. So um, I'm able to throw that one on the uh, socials so you guys can see, or if not, we'll we'll graze over it maybe next week. There's going to be a lot to cover saw, next week, though. I think I saw four years, 56. Which is like, we would make him the number one tight end. Is yep. that correct? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, four years, 56 is what it is. It's so hard to believe. He Was he like 25 years old or 24 years old still? Like, he is still so young. Like, usually when you look at a, tight, a breakout tight end, you're looking at like 26, 27 years old. Then you have him for four or five years of like complete dominance, unless your name's Travis Kelsey. But man, he broke out when he was like 23 years old. Like it, so good. So yeah, good. He, just, he looks like he should be older too. <laughs> you don't think he's that young. Yeah. Not a young looking spry guy, but man, he does he play like it on the field though. He's oh, so yeah. good. Um, well, I guess it worked out perfect. We're talking about tight ends right now, but uh, my streaming tight end of the week, this guy, I could almost guarantee you went undrafted in your leagues. If he did, it's because you're in a 14 team league and maybe somebody took a couple tight ends, but um, I'm going with Jared cook of the chargers. Remember he uh, was waived by new Orleans and the chargers picked him up. Um, I think this one is going to come out of uh, a little bit of the fact that Washington's defense is elite and you still, you got, you still have a young quarterback with, the presence that he needs to check it down. Now that's Austin Eckler territory. Austin Eckler came down a lot and he really liked um, targeting the tight end and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is now gone. Jared Cook is stepping into that role. Jared Cook's old. There's a good chance that after I talk about this week two, week three, I kind of am like, why did I pick Jared Cook? He's old, he's washed. <laughs> but there's a good chance that week one, if you need a tight end, uh, that he could be a feasible option because of how good that Washington, uh, especially that Washington front is. There's going to be a lot of pressure, and he's going to have to get the ball out of hand quick. Uh, so I think that that is going to be a recipe for success for guys like Austin Eckler and guys like Jared Cook. Uh, they do have a younger tight end there. Um, how the heck do you pronounce his name? Farum or Parum? Or it's, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Um, Donald. What's that? Donald is it Donald Farum or Parham? I can't remember to pronounce the name. I'm botching it here totally. Somewhere in the middle, I probably found it. But uh, there's a guy to kind of keep your eyes for because if Jared Cook is toast, like completely toast, I ended up getting him in Dynasty last year on a piece of advice from a coworker. So I'm very thankful for him to give me that little piece of advice. Looked into him. Uh, he's a monster, like Moali Cox, like size, like he's a big dude. Uh, so he's a guy to keep an eye on if Jared Cook is toast. I'm on the betting side. I think Jared Cook still has it and uh, he, he might get hyper-targeted just because that ball needs to come out a little bit quicker than usual playing against a, a very, very strong defense of the Washington football team. So a bit of a gamble, but I will be streaming Jared Cook this upcoming week if you need tight end, especially if you're the Evan Ingram owner or something along those lines. <laughs> Irv Smith. Yeah. Out of, I like Adam Troutman. Don't talk about it because I'll cry, but <laughs> it's uh, it's not good when you're, tight ends are already dropping like five so um so that'll do it for the starts of the week we'll do these each and every week to kind of give you guys a little a uh, bit of a confidence boost maybe you're battling injuries or uh, or bye weeks or something like that so maybe you're looking at who you can be picking up off the waivers or guys that you maybe um just want a little bit of a confidence boost to be able to start this week uh, hopefully this gives you guys a little bit of help as we progress into the week as we drop on wednesdays then the games start Thursday, but majority of them not until Sunday. So you do have some time to do a little bit of preparation. So um, we're going to wrap it up with uh, one of, it's going to be my favorites. I'm already liking the spicy take that's about to come here. Uh, so we're going to go to the, we're going to go to a betting corner for those of you uh, gamblers at home. Uh, we thought about doing a DFS, but with just how much going on, we didn't know the time constraints we're going to have in DFS talk is going to take a little bit of time. 
Uh, but for this one, we're going to go to Zach and we are going to go to our weekly betting upset. So a, an upset that Zach is, would be willing to put some money on the line that he thinks they'll be the upset of the week. So Zach's upset of the week this week, let's hear it. So full disclosure, I am not a gambler. Um, I have never won money picking teams uh, to win. And uh, I actually had to look up what the betting lines mean before I picked a team. <laughs> I had to make sure that I was reading it right. Um, so take that with, uh, you know, whatever it's worth. But moving on. Anyways, I would like to pick the Arizona Cardinals to upset the Tennessee Titans, who are, I believe, three-point favorites. So the Cardinals are three-point underdogs. Uh, and the reason I'm picking the Cardinals is Tannehill uh, recently got off the COVID-19 list on Saturday. He's been away from the team since August 26th. Never want your quarterback to be away from the team for that long. Uh, that also didn't allow him time to gel with Julio Jones, who missed a large portion of the beginning of training camp. So Julio came back and Tannehill left, so they haven't had time to gel. And mix that all in with the fact that uh, the Tennessee offensive line is currently missing starters Nate Davis at guard, Ben Jones at center, and Jeff Swaim at guard as well. So they're missing their interior three starting offensive linemen all on the COVID list, as well as the backup center in Cole uh, Banwart. So take that all into consideration. Uh, Derrick Henry may have a difficult time getting going with uh, less experienced blockers in front of him, and Tannehill will be facing a lot of pressure perhaps. Uh, again, missing those starters on the offensive line. Uh, now going over to Arizona, we have uh, A.J. Green, new man in town, not somebody that I'm super excited about. Uh, I am more excited about the arrival of Rondell Moore. Uh, he is somebody who I think, especially in his first start in the NFL, could be a big play threat and get the Cardinals a cheap touchdown. Uh, might be a bit of a gadget play that nobody is expecting, and he could take it to the house 70, 80, 90 yards quite easily like he did during his time at Purdue. So with as much confidence as you have in me, uh, please consider taking the Arizona Cardinals to upset the Tennessee Titans. I like it. Look at how many teams last year battled after coming back from COVID. Like, and that whole entire team just about had it, man. Like it was like, what was there like the total of 16 guys between coaching staff and players? Like yeah, it was, bonkers. A, it was a mess. And that's not how you want to start the NFL season. It's not how you want to start in the middle of your season. It's not what you want. So, and not that Arizona is a bunch of slouches by any means either, right? Like they, they showed at times they had a pretty solid offense there. So I like this pick a lot, Zach. Even healthy, I would, I would consider picking Arizona here at full health, but uh, with that COVID stuff coming off that, uh, you got to take Arizona there. They have weapons and should be good. Little story. So how we uh, we mentioned that all three of us used to coach football together. This might have been before Armin's time. So I'm trying to remember this coaching staff we had while we were doing this. But on the ver on our road trips to Saskatoon when we would leave PA, we would um, try to figure out and do a coaching staff pickums pool, and we would look at all the teams. And for those of you that are unaware of how to do the pickums, you got to pick every single game right, and that's how you win the big pool kind of thing. And the more money you put in, the more boxes you can put around, meaning that like it's kind of a wash. Uh, so like if either team wins, you still get the check mark here. I think you're only allowed to do four boxes, if I remember correctly. I haven't done a pool this year yet. So um, we always did one. And as a coaching staff, we try to decide. We throw a couple bucks in the middle, and then we'd go and one of the coaches would buy the pickums for that week. And that's kind of what we did as a coaching staff. And we didn't really have that much success. Obviously, we're all still working. So <laughs> yeah. Fun. We had better chance playing the 50-50 at the Husky game. Yes, we. that's a story for another time, but oh man, were we hyped up about that one. Oh man. I'll, we always will tell it now. Arm, were you on our coaching staff that year? No, but I've heard about this. Oh man. So we uh, every year we take our high school team to one of the Husky games. We have a three o'clock start in Saskatoon, and then we go and take them to uh, a buffet. We go and crush some food, and then we go and 
watch the Huskies usually beat up on some team. And actually, I think every time we've gone, we've seen the Huskies win, I think. I don't think we've seen the Huskies lose yet in any of our games we've taken them to. But the kids have a blast. It's awesome. We got to check out some good football. Uh, obviously, we're all U, all U of S. Yeah, Zach, you're a U of S guy too, aren't you? Yeah, so we're all U of S guys. So it's nice to always go back there. And uh, the one year we chipped in, we all bought 50 50s. And uh, the game was so cold. It was kind of sleet that game. And we're like, okay, hey, let's, let's head home a little bit early. And yeah, they were kicking the crap out of them too, weren't they? I have no idea. I was just I trying can't to remember. stay warm. All I remember is just fist bumping the whole way home. But uh, we're, we took me and Zach, take the kids back to the bus. And we're wondering where the heck's the rest of our coaching staff? Like why, what's taking so long? They're like, we'll be right behind you. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. We've been sitting there for 10, 15 minutes. We're like, what's going on? All of a sudden they come back. We won the 50 50s. <laughs> Take this big wad of cash, throws it down on the, on the seat in the bus. And like the kids are so hyped. They're like, they don't even know what's going on. We're just screaming, yelling. Oh man. We got a good chunk of change too. Yeah. It was not bad. Yeah. So that's yeah. our only, only success when it comes to some sort of gambling, I guess, for their coaching staff, but the, uh, the picks, oh man, same two coaching staff that started this. One of them's not on the coaching staff anymore, but they did one. And it was the Detroit Lions versus. Might have been the Colts. Yeah, I think it was the Colts. I'm trying to remember what it was. I've heard, well, they've told me the story so many times now, but I kind of forget. And Detroit fumbled on the goal line, I think four times that game. And uh, if and it was the Monday nighter, I think it was the Monday nighter. I'm trying to remember the story correctly, but it was the last game of the Pickham. And if they bet on Detroit to win, and if Detroit won, they won the whole Pickhams, which is like usually a huge, huge wad of cash. Like it's a lot of money. And yeah, Detroit did their best way to absolutely just botch it for them. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we'll never ever bet on Detroit ever again. And so then there's me in the background on the bus trying to say, yeah, let's take Detroit on the upside. And they're like, no, not happening. Like I would rather lose than bet on Detroit. And yeah, now they kind of know my pain of what it feels like to cheer for Detroit on, on a weekly basis. <laughs> but oh man, I forgot about that 50-50s act until you mentioned that. What a time that was. So oh, I was, cold. I was so pissed off that they were taking their time. I'm like, oh my God, please don't be talking to somebody that you're just BSing with in the bathroom. Yeah. Like I am freezing. I was I, always I was cold, cold, but I was super cold that game. I was, yeah. And then yeah. John hopped on big wad of money. Boys are fired up. Oh, what a time to be alive. And if, if I remember correctly, was that when we played cross for the three o'clock game and absolutely got shellacked or is that the year after we might've got waxed? Oh, I don't think it was the I one thing I think we played, played Royal and gave Royal a lick in, And then the, the week after or the year after it was cross. Or like, I can't remember. But there, I won the one year. We had the three o'clock, and then we got smoked by them. Then went, and the kids were just having a blast at the Husky games. <laughs> like, you just forgot we lost by 55 points, but it doesn't really matter because the boys are having a good time. Yeah, oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I hope we can do that this year. With COVID and everything, it's going to be tough to be able to try to sneak the kids into a packed stadium for a Husky game. But, oh, man, that's one of my favorite road trips for a three o'clock start. Go crush the, the big buffet and sit at the Husky game with a full belly. and. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, that's a treat. And anyway, we've got a little off tangent there, but that's such a good story. I love that. Um, anything here to throw uh, anything to throw in here before week one, fellas? Fantasy yeah. season's here, boys. I'm fired up. Yeah. You know, don't, uh, uh, you oh, go ahead. okay. Don't uh don't leave those Thursday night guys in your flex. Make sure you put your Thursday night guys as a starter at their position. Great advice. Uh, starting a guy that plays Thursday night in the flex really limits your, uh, your versatility come Sunday morning when you're setting your lineup. So just like being aware of stuff like that gives you a big advantage over, over, you know, probably half of your league mates. Excellent piece of advice there, Zach. Armin, anything to throw in there before we, we shut her down? Well, I was going to say, as we finish redraft season here, if you have any redrafts that are maybe uh, not as high stakes as the other ones, just, have a little fun with it. it. It is fantasy football. It's the reason why we do it. So have fun. For example, the one I'm doing today, there's no money involved. And I'm just going to be picking rookies and sophomores the whole night. Didn't, you did that same draft. I was going to actually ask you to talk about that a little bit. But last year, didn't you just only draft rookies? Is that correct? 
uh until i ran out of rookies then i had to start dropping uh sophomores <laughs> but uh i had to make sure i had a actual like lineup to set yeah. so but it turned out not too bad i think i finished fourth in that league and it's uh eight guys like it's not a huge league by any means but yeah. rookies and sophomores in fourth place i'll take should it do, should do rookies and 30 year olds like just like the absolute <laughs> rooks and the and the guys in the wheelchair veterans rolling in yeah. That gets you the Travis Kelsey's in the first Frank round. Gore, Frank Gore and Javante Williams are your RB1 yeah. and two. Mark Ingram, maybe, as <laughs> your flex. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's what you should do, Armin, next time. Oh, go, yeah. go, with the, go with the real old vets and then the, the wily, wily rooks. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that'll do it for episode 18 here, folks. We're fired up. Fantasy season's here. Um, best of luck to everybody that's been entered in the DJ Moore jersey. Uh, big shout out to Limitless Gear for our major sponsorship this year. You're going to be hearing lots about them. Uh, maybe deals they got coming up, new apparel drops, stuff like that. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll pumping the tires of Limitless Gear big time. Huge, huge shout out to them for uh, being a sponsor, uh, major sponsor. Uh, also the donation that they'll be making into the charity league as well. Um, we're, we're very thankful for the partnership with them. And uh, that's a full, full year partnership. So we're really excited for Limitless Gear. So fantasy season's here, folks. Best of luck to you in, uh, in week one. Uh, but reactions and, and uh, we'll, we'll start with some tilt, I'm assuming, uh, after maybe some bad beats here in week one. So we'll talk to you guys soon. See you in episode 19 and good luck this week, everybody. Talk soon.